When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. We missed you guys last week, but make sure you guys go and check out some of our previous podcast episodes. And today we have a lot to get through. Um, we're going to talk some NBA All-Star Weekend, but for WNBA purposes, of course. And then we're going to go through some bracketology stuff. And lastly, we'll give some games to watch as the month of February is kind of wrapping up soon, and we're getting very, very close to a tournament play. Cal, you ready? I am ready. Yeah, we had a little bye week, I feel like. Uh, and, you know, we were both off doing fun things, and now we're hitting it again. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, well, actually, now that you bring that up, how was Nebraska-Iowa last week? Because you got to go to the game, even though Caitlin didn't break the record in that game. Yeah. It was actually way cooler than Caitlin breaking the record. It's maybe not for everybody, but I think what, what I got to see that game was I would have rather seeing an amazing, iconic basketball game than getting to see the record. And, and she was eight points away in the fourth quarter. I thought we might get to see it. Didn't score again. Nebraska kept chipping away at that lead. Finally hit that shot with Jazz Shelley. I will never forget it. So... Uh, had I have to thank have to thank Jess Keller who who gave me that shirt from a few weeks ago that we talked about uh, and Liv Butts for for bringing me along on that game. Um, such a fun weekend, had a blast and, and go Huskers. Love that. Um, speaking of shirts, I would like to say breaking news: I have merch. <laughs> uh, Let's go for any YouTube uh, watchers. Thanks to Cal and Jim Turvey. I now have a Virginia shirt. It is very, very nice. Very much like it. It's like a crop top long sleeve. Um, yeah, very nice surprise. I really appreciate it. First of yeah, many, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's keep them coming. I think let's Jim went there, if, if I remember yeah. correctly. Loyal listener of the pod. Jim's a good guy, he's our friend. And uh, Yeah, we were, we did WNBA fantasy last season i remember i can't yeah. remember i think i did I think, better than him 
I was. I thought Jim won. Did you, who won? Did you? Oh, win? Did he? I don't. No, I didn't win. I, I don't remember who won. Win. I don't remember. Who won I was thinking it was Jim, but maybe it's. I, oh, I don't maybe know. It was Jim. I don't know. Jim. Jim we were kind of like. Wasn't I'm me. excited. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we do it again because it was pretty fun. I know some people kind of, you know, let the ball drop a little bit there near the end, but I thought it was fun. <laughs> I think like after <laughs> there were a couple of moments where I forgot to set my roster, and then that just kind of ended up biting me in the end but no it was super fun i'm excited for that speaking of the WNBA, uh let's go to all-star weekend because sabrina unescu had the all-star shootout with steph curry um she didn't win she finished with 26 points steph wins with 29 was very competitive um there's a lot to kind of dissect throughout this and just kind of the weekend overall but firstly cal like just like thoughts on her performance and getting those 26 points it was an amazing performance and for context like when you when you line her up with steph 26 to 29 okay she lost steph is the greatest shooter to ever walk the planet when you line her up with any other nba player that was in the actual nba three-point contest she was tied for the she top won. score <laughs> in any round to 26 there was a tie in that uh, the first round 26 and i believe 26 uh, I forget if it was a tie or if it was just outright one yeah, the final round as one. well. Yeah, yeah with, 26, with 26, I believe, right? In the final round yeah. as well. So she basically would have tied and gone to the, the same tie break that they had if she were in that three-point contest. It's, Steph Curry's just different. That's that's it. <laughs> like, Yeah, so, uh, I feel like if you're going to lose to someone, Steph is a good person to lose to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no and... Question. Like, honestly, like for anybody who hasn't been able to watch Sabrina kind of practice, um, like whether that's like at shoot around or just like in regular practice, like she is a really talented shooter. I mean, like everything drops in practice. Like she's so good with it. Her form is really nice. Like she's probably one of my favorite shooters to watch. And so when she started, so she went, she went first. And then um, when she started just like draining, like the entire first rack, I was like, let's go. I was so pumped up. Uh, I knew she was she was gonna do great, and she did. But there was kind of something that didn't ruin the entire experience, but ruined quite a bit of it. And that was um, Kenny and Reggie's uh, very sexist commentating. You know, whether that was like Reggie before the shootout even started, saying that Steph is in midseason form and he has the advantage, and Sabrina is not in season form, and the only um, the only like thing she's been doing is practicing. Uh, for the Olympic qualifying. And I was like, did you hear yourself say that sentence? She's practicing for the Olympic qualifying with Team USA, but that somehow gives her a disadvantage. And then, of course, Kenny at the end starting to just go off and saying that they should have should have done it from the WNBA line or whatever. WNBA step should have had the WNBA ball. All these like random things. Nobody was stopping him. He was just kind of going off. And I feel like that just kind of put a damper on an experience where I think most people would have thought that the like trolls in social media comments would have been the main characters to kind of be the ones to come out with those comments. But to have like the actual main broadcasters doing that, I feel like was even more disappointing. I don't know. Thoughts on that, Cal? That was my exact thought, is that we all knew when this event was announced that there was going to be some huge idiots who were super weird about it and there's going to be some dudes on twitter with 
not their own picture as their profile with like three followers who say some misogynistic garbage and like regardless of whether like if sabrina wins oh she had an unfair advantage if she loses like women can't shoot like we knew this is going to happen and i like it i'd still think it was a cool event but for it to come from the actual broadcasters it's just a reminder that like this isn't just these random nobody dudes who feel this way they're men in positions of power and positions of influence who have these opinions and it's why it's so important to have like women in all these spaces like i was so glad that candace parker was announcing the all-star game uh you know alongside them because i you you just need that and so i yeah i i still think it was a great event um and i mean we can we can talk about where they go from here i, I do think it's cool to kind of see where this could go next um but definitely need to maybe figure out can we get someone on this other than kenny smith <laughs> because and you know no, i found out like good. on their alternate broadcast they had kia nurse commentating on the alternate broadcast she just wasn't on maybe the let's just one. bring kia on like, the main one exactly that's like exactly thought and i didn't even know that that was a thing until after like she went and she posted on instagram and there was also someone in my comments saying there's an alternate broadcast with Kia Turner. And I was like, who's Kia Turner? But then I realized they probably meant Kia Nurse. Um, but like, yeah, like I saw that. I was like, we actually had a W player commentating on this and she wasn't on the main broadcast. And instead we had to listen to this. And so, yeah, I think um, I saw Alicia Clark also be like, I'm going to talk to my teammate about her coworkers because this is just too much. Um, I was literally said like 12 times. I was like, where's Candace? Like, where is she? Um, definitely was missing her. But yeah, like even this event moving forward, I think it was a very good bar to set in terms of like Sabrina versus Seth specifically outside of like all the commentary. I'm excited to see like even more players kind of go into this. I saw Ryan Howard tweeted that she wants to do it against Tyrese Maxey next. And I feel like that would be a very exciting matchup too. Do you have any W players that like you would like to see involved in this? Oh, so many. I think we could grow this to be a big event if we wanted to. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be one versus one. We could, uh, yeah, like you said, Ryan Howard, I think Arike, we could get involved. We could get, we could do a little team thing. We could do like uh, Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum versus uh, Steph and Clay, you know, like a little, yeah. a little Warriors versus Aces type of deal. Uh, we could get Caitlin and Clark in. I think they used to have something like that. Like they would have like the shooting stars competition where I think they would mix like W players with NBA players. So yeah, like why not bring that back? Why not incorporate that with, you know, players of today? Like that'd be so fun. Yeah. I think there's a lot of room for, for a lot of creativity with this and, and why not maybe get this involved at the WNBA all-star game too? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I was NBA seeing players along for that. Yeah, no, I was seeing some comments. I think Subria was one of the people who was like, why didn't we see any like promotion of the WNBA All-Star Weekend being in July after this, like with so many eyes on the event, um, especially, you know, with Sabrina doing as well as she did. So, yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely the next avenue to keep the promotion going, because I feel like, oh, actually, before we even move on, I need to pick a bone with this because everybody thought it was at eight o'clock Eastern. I thought that too. And Sabrina versus Steph didn't come on until like two hours in. And I was like, this is the main event. This is what everybody wanted to tune in for. And I'm sure they did that on purpose, but it was infuriating. 
so clean. No, you bring up a great point with with that and with the whole lack of promotion of the W because here here's the deal is that like NBA All-Star Saturday night has kind of sucked for a while. Like, let's just be honest. Like the dunk contest was cool like 15 years ago. Now it's not. And like they needed to do something different. So they bring in a WNBA player who's this whole new audience because there are a lot of people who watch the WNBA who don't watch the NBA as much or who follow Sabrina who maybe aren't following some of these other players. And then they tell them what time the All-Star Saturday night starts instead of what time Steph for Sabrina starts. And so this really shows you that the NBA, that the the people who put this all together, the marketing, everybody, they know that people watch women's basketball. Because they used the fact that people watch women's basketball to yeah. bring those eyeballs into NBA All-Star Saturday Night, which needed eyeballs because it hasn't been doing well ratings-wise the last few years. And they thought, what can we do to get ratings up? Let's bring in women's basketball because women's basketball does great Oh, the turntables. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, you're totally right. And uh, I think I was saying a lot of people would be like, yeah, the W led this weekend, and it absolutely did. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know when W All-Star is. But if there are any NBA fans who have kind of trickled over this side, WNBA All-Star is going to be, like, mid-July in Phoenix. Make sure you tune in for that. That's always a lot of fun. Definitely, like, the more that I've gotten into women's basketball, the more that I tend to, like, gravitate over to that side and enjoy WNBA All-Star weekend a lot. So, yeah, a lot of valid points made. Shout out Sabrina. What a shooter. Always love watching her. She still holds the overall record with 37. Um, so until somebody beats that one, I don't think anybody can talk about it. So anyway, moving on. Let's go to some college basketball. We'll coast through college. And because bracketology has now finally started, we've got so many people doing their rankings, whether that's the NCAA, our own Megan of Her Hoop Stats, as well as Mark Schindler. Those are kind of the three that we're going to go into. I'll make sure to link everything for anybody who wants to kind of look at the rankings. Um, but let's kind of talk about anything that kind of sticks out at first, Cal, to you maybe. I think the fact that like everybody has South Carolina as a number one seed, like I think that's like your number one seeds are very much just like easier to pick I feel like and then there are a couple of teams where I don't know are you surprised at anybody who's maybe a little bit lower than you would originally have them well surprised is the wrong word uh I would have had Gonzaga in and they weren't but yeah. I'm not surprised because they're a mid-major and that's that's how the committee works you, you have to even do though a we've lot. been talking about them for so we've long been talking now. about them we hit we brought Brenna on the pod but I don't know. Yes. We don't know if, if anyone in the committee watches this pod. Probably not. We'll have to get on that. Uh, I, like I said, it wasn't surprised, but I, I think they deserve it. Colorado as a one seed was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, but once you get around that four or five, sort of the, like you said, the top of the one seed is easy. South Carolina done. That South yeah. Carolina could lose a game and still be the top seed at this point. Bottom of the one seed, top of the two seeds. Gets gets a lot tougher, so I understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's just cool going back to what you said about all the different uh, people doing bracketology. Like, it's cool that that's happening now because I for a long time the men's side had like seventeen different people doing their bracketology or whatever, 
and the women's side had ESPN. That's it. And now the women's side has the athletic with Mark Schiller, who we love her hoop stats, Megan Gower, who does a great job. Uh, CBS does it as well. And then obviously a few years ago, they started doing the committee reveal for the top 16, which we saw. Uh, and so that gets people talking too. So it's just like just sign of growth. Uh, and it's, it's more, more to talk about which is exactly where the women's game is going. There's so much more that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And like one of the teams that is on actually pretty much all of these lists, a very exciting team that I feel like we should hit on Oregon state because they have had a crazy last couple of days, including that insane game against UCLA um, where Talia just drained that game winner after it looked like Lauren Betts had the game winner. And that was just a very crazy back and forth, but they've been kind of an exciting team on this list. Uh, did you see that game or like, did you, I'm sure you saw the game winner across all socials. I did. I did. I yeah. Did. Like what were, what is it? Well, I didn't see the whole game, but I saw the end. Oh God. The end was yeah, you know, incredible. It was one of the best. If, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't gotten in, and seen that ending yet, go look it up. The end of Oregon state, UCLA, we saw four game winners, basically, or what looked like game winners in the last yeah. eight or nine <laughs> seconds of this game. And this was a huge win, by the way. I don't even know how I feel about this rule, to be fair. But for anyone who is in favor of the timeout advancing the ball rule, this game was a big win for that rule because we kept seeing that. And you only needed a second to, to get your next game winner. And oh, there's still like 0.8 seconds left. We got another game winner coming. Uh, but yeah. Oregon State, they've been on a roll until obviously, you know, they dropped one yesterday, Sunday, as we're recording on Monday. I, it's tough because uh, I don't know the status of Reagan Beers. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, She got hurt in that UCLA game. They were down. They still came back and, and won the game at that crazy ending. Uh, and then she mm-hmm. did not play against USC. And USC was able to win that game. Uh I think partially because Reagan Beers wasn't on the court, despite uh, Juju didn't even shoot that well, but Oregon State finally dropped one. So I hope we get to see Reagan Beers back. Uh, I actually don't know. I haven't seen any update. Do you know? Yeah, I there hasn't really been any update. They like the coach only mentioned her like very briefly uh, during the game against USC, where he kind of said that they felt a little bit out of rhythm because Reagan wasn't on the floor with them and. That's kind of all we got <laughs> in terms of a st- status update, which is not really a status update. But yeah, in case anybody missed that game, she goes down in the first quarter with a brutal hit to the face. Her nose was just pouring blood. Um, she looked to be in a lot of pain. So hopefully she's okay. Hopefully we will see her back soon. But yeah, Oregon State for sure, one of the more exciting teams. Um, is there anybody on this list or like in any of these like bracket lists that maybe could be like a sort of Cinderella story that maybe people aren't talking about, whether that's like maybe NC State, although, you know, they're obviously going to be seated pretty high. But yeah, is there any team that you're kind of looking to to be like, they can they can make something happen? Yeah, Cinderella's an interesting word because these are all the top 16 and uh, your real Cinderella's are going to yeah. be like the 11 seeds. But yeah, in I terms of like Cinderella a final four. Like, to me, it's like they have like the really top teams. And I'm just like, it's so hard for me to just be like, you know, like these really, really bottom teams are going to do something. But, you know, no, I mean, to your point, like anyone other than South Carolina could almost you could you could say they're Cinderella if they 
win the championship yeah. or make the championship <laughs> because it's South Carolina's to lose. But yeah, I mean, in terms of who could make a really deep run and sort of outperform their seed line, I mean, I look at the top 16 here. I still think LSU, obviously they were number one preseason uh, and have underperformed a little bit. I think, did the committee have them on the three line? I want to say, I know that's where Mark has them. Uh, yeah. The committee had them on the four line, actually. Four line. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, they're if, lower. If they end up getting a three or four seed, that's definitely the type of team that could still come out of that region and give give the one or two seed a lot of trouble uh, in, in that region, I think, just with the talent that they have and if they uh, are really clicking at the right time. Uh, it's 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 the boring answer, but I think I think UConn, too. I mean, those are your preseason top two, and, and I think we, what we see a lot in college basketball is those teams that we thought would be really good and then yeah. they falter a little bit and then they in March they are who we thought they were so I'm not saying either of those teams is actually going to be the top two because that's South Carolina and no one else is close but I do think that if you're a one or two seed you don't want to see either of those two teams as the three or four seed in your bracket yeah UConn's an interesting one and I kind of want to end on them before we move on to our games to watch but they just I'm sure th- I'm not I don't know if the game's over yet I think it is but as of right now we're recording they just, beat, they just beat Creighton I'm pretty sure um, because they were up by a lot. It was close for the first half. I'm but pull then up the they score. Kind of ran away with it. But they're an interesting one too, because I think the broadcast was showing a quote from Gino from before the game. And he was basically just like, There have been there have been other teams in the past who have had like a lot of losses who got a number one seed. So maybe we could too. And I was just like, Are we sure about that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I appreciate like the confidence and like, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Obviously you don't really want to face someone like UConn, but I don't know. They're kind of in a weird spot. I don't really know how to measure this team on. Obviously the big news uh, last week was that Paige announced that she will be returning for her senior year. I have a feeling this is kind of what I'm going to end up with. I have a feeling a lot of the seniors are going to do the same thing as Paige. It might be a run it back situation. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, for UConn, first off, they did just win 73-53. And I, I don't think they are they have enough to get up to a one seed. Uh just because obviously the, the like the Big East, the, there's some good teams. They just beat Creighton. Creighton's a good team, but mm-hmm. I don't think they have the same number of really like resume building opportunities left on their schedule as they would if they played in, say, the ACC. So you maybe went out, get up to a two line. I don't think they're getting up to a one line. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the seniors coming back, you know, one thing I did learn uh, the other day, actually, is that Connor McCaffrey, Caitlin Clark's boyfriend, uh, who also played at Iowa, works for the Pacers. That's something I did not realize until recently. Yeah, so yeah, he does. I'm not sure if Caitlin Clark <laughs> would, would pass up the opportunity to go play in the same city. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. definitely would be... I nothing would really shock me at this point, but I think I would be more surprised with Caitlin Clark coming back than I was with Paige. I think Paige, we kind of knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do probably lean that Caitlin Clark's coming out, but who knows? Uh, it, crazy things have happened. Uh, Cameron yeah. Brink, same deal. I would probably lean her coming out, but again, who knows? I, I'm oh. sure <laughs> the any anyone who has a high pick or a possible high pick in the 2025 WNBA draft is. Fist pumping really hard every time they see one of those players coming back. 
Yeah, like the Sparks. <laughs> they have like yep. all the bigs in the first well, like. Well, they got, they got some high ones this year too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, they them. do. Absolutely. Um, okay, I'll make sure to link all the bractology stuff. I, they're going to continue to change every single week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how like different records are going to kind of shift the way that the brackets look. I'm learning more and more about how that works, and um, it's. It's a lot. It's a lot. So let's move on to some games to watch because there are some really, really good games this week. Uh, let's start with Wednesday. Uh, we have number 24, West Virginia versus Kansas State um, on Wednesday on ESPN+. Plus. Cal, do you have any thoughts on quick thoughts on this game, kind of things that you're excited for slash looking forward to? Yeah, we love Press Virginia, obviously. Uh, I hope Aoka Lee plays because we saw her come back and then mm -hmm. she missed a game again. And I, she's another one that I actually, maybe I just don't keep up with injury news enough, but she's another one that I don't know the status of. I don't know if you it do. Was very, it was very changes. quiet. No, it was it was very quiet. Yeah. yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Good. So <laughs> I, th I, think, I think she completely changed the complexion of the game. Uh, obviously, Kansas State picked up a couple good wins without her when she first went out. Uh, but, and, and we saw last year, they played the whole year without her and there's, it's still a good basketball team. They have a lot of talent, but uh, it definitely completely changes things on the inside. Uh, and especially against a team like, like West Virginia, that's, that's going to bring so much pressure. So we'll see, but uh, definitely, definitely a huge game in the big 12 standings. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursday, we have a pack of games um some in the pack network no okay that was a stretch but uh I, i'll start with that i'll start with that one um uh, since it, it i did just make a terrible terrible pack 12 joke but we have utah versus ucla uh, <laughs> well I'm we, so we haven't had a pun yet on this pod we made it 24 minutes and 27 seconds so you had to get something that was a out there. horrible one it was a horrible one i'll even i'll even admit to that but we have utah versus <laughs> ucla at 9 30 p.m eastern on espn on the main network so i'm excited so i could watch that one um that'll be a good one i'm i'm curious to see how ucla continues to play now that lauren betts is kind of you know looking like herself again and is back from whatever um had happened before obviously we don't know not gonna go into that but yeah, this is an exciting matchup. We have a lot of other ones. I'll kind of just list them all, and then, Cal, you can tell me which ones you're kind of looking forward to. We also have Duke versus Syracuse at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network on Thursday as well. Duke is another team that has quietly been pretty good um, and has had some pretty solid wins. And another exciting team, obviously, Syracuse as well. We've talked about them a little bit too. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I think that's going to be a good one. We have also have... NC State versus North Carolina on ACC Network. Then we have Iowa versus Indiana um, on Peacock, which I learned what that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> and then we have Auburn versus LSU on the SEC Network. Of course, we all know the last time Auburn and LSU faced off, Auburn took that win in an upset. Uh, Cal, a lot of matchups on Thursday. Which ones are kind of standing out to you and who or what are you looking for? Yeah, you, Utah UCLA. I love that it's on ESPN. The the previous matchup between these two was on ESPN or ESPN two, I want to say, and it was it was an overtime thriller on national TV. So maybe we'll get that again. Uh, I went back and watched that game last night, and 
I I loved how Utah guarded Lauren Betts all game. And so that's something I think to watch for now that Lauren Betts is, is back and kind of getting her her feet under her again after missing some time is that, I mean, Utah's undersized. They don't really play anyone above 6'2". Uh, and so they're giving up whatever, five inches uh, on the inside with Jenna Johnson and Alyssa Pili. But I think they did a great job in terms of, more often than not, they sent a double to Lauren Betts like on the pass. They didn't even wait for her to catch it. Uh, UCLA didn't really make him pay too much from the outside in that game in terms of the three point shooting, which which Utah gave them. Uh, like when when they fronted the post the, and they tried to lob over the top and use that size that Lauren Betts had. Like they, they did, a, Utah did a great job on the backside help. Uh, they pressured the ball, which made it hard to even make those post entry passes. So. I, I really think uh, that the interesting thing for me in this game is going to be watching kind of how Corey Close, a UCLA coach, does in terms of adjustments and kind of countering and, and getting Lauren Betts more involved in a matchup where I really think she could eat if if they use her well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there have been so many close games. Like you mentioned that their last one went to overtime, um, even just this past weekend. Like I feel like it is just getting even more competitive by the second so i feel like a lot of these big matchups are just going to deliver um i love chaos especially in this conference yes 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 the pac-12 will not go quietly or gently into that good night um and we love them for it but yeah any of these other um auburn lsu iowa indiana nc state north carolina you have any thoughts on those yeah, Auburn, LSU. I'm just interested to see how LSU responds after after losing that game. Obviously, that we talked oh, about on this pod. You know they will. <laughs> uh, I, I, and, and they're at home this time, so they will. They will. Mm-hmm. Iowa, Indiana, huge game at the top of the Big Ten standings. Ohio State's kind of in the driver's seat right now, but uh, if anyone's going to have a chance to to catch them, it's going to be the winner of this game. So that one's always a big one. And Indiana, when going back to our last segment on bracketology is a team that kind of snuck in there in that top 16, but they don't really have a huge signature resume win at the top. They just kind of have taken care of business uh, against the teams that they're supposed to Uh, obviously got kind of blasted by Stanford earlier in the year. And and same thing last time they played Iowa. Uh, So this is going to be a good chance for them to prove that they can hang with, with the top competition here and really, cement their spot as a host in the tournament i think if they win this game if not then it's going to get really dicey whether whether they get to host in the tournament or not and and then duke in in syracuse is one i'm really excited to watch because you know someone who i I, people haven't talked about enough and that includes us i haven't talked about her enough is deja fair of syracuse we all talk about caitlin clark breaking the record deja fair sixth in all-time scoring in NCAA Division One history. So she's not that far behind, not that she's going to catch Caitlin, but she's rising the leaderboards fast in terms of all-time scores, and she is a joy to watch. But she gets to go up against a Duke defense that you, you talked about earlier that has been playing really well, a lot better here in the last month or so. Uh, they just dropped one to Virginia Tech the other day, a close game, which no shame in that, obviously. Yeah. Duke is, is going to do everything they can to – take away the three-point line and, and turn Deja Fair into, uh, you know, try to make her finish at the rim more. Uh, and I thought so you were we'll, we'll see how they name. do with that. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I say, don't like, even have Deja, one. What's the Turn pun? Deja Fair into Deja don't. I don't know. <laughs> that was bad, too. Oh, I there's thought you had one. Too. You didn't have one? No, I thought I thought it there's, sounded there's, like there's you were going to do, like, a lead-up into one. I'll think about it. Oh, I'm sorry to let you down. Yeah, you need to. There, there is one somewhere. There, there's definitely a, a 
pun with her name. Yeah. There's a lot of puns with her name. I, I missed out there, but it's a Deja Dare. That's your department. So okay. There we go. There we go. Daring her to take shots. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that one. But uh yeah, that's a lot of outsource like, this. May yeah, may have to outsource it. Uh maybe Dana. Dana's pretty good at, at coming up with the puns. So if you're listening, yeah, please tweet one. <laughs> but yeah, those are really exciting games this week. Uh, anything else you kind of want to hit on before we wrap this up? I don't think so. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Had a fun time yes, as always. Yes, we did. Uh, college basketball is getting very, very exciting. Can't wait for tournament play to come up very soon. Um, and make sure you're tuned into Coast to Coast every week. Uh, I know we weren't here last week, but we will be here next week. Pretty sure. And we'll continue to talk about college basketball, everything. WNBA draft is that's going to come up soon after March Madness, of course. Make sure you're subbed to the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on social media at Her Hoop Stats, myself at Karina MM, Calvin at C Wessel31. And we will see you next Tuesday. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.